You know I've had it, right? <laughs> and I know you've had it too. There's just only so much most of us can take. And when you reach that point, what do you do? What do you do that's just on this side of legal? Because not only do we love our country and we love the planet we live on and we love our friends and our family and our fellow Americans and our fellow citizens of this world, to say that we love has to imply that we give a shit, that we care enough to, to do the right thing, to undo the wrong thing. And that's where I'm at. And you're with me right now on my very first podcast. It's called Rumble with Michael Moore. And it's just what the name implies. This isn't a podcast to come to, to just have the same old, same old thing rehashed and help you confirm whatever your belief system is. This is the place to come if you want to join me in the rebellion. We are here to revolt. We are here to not take it anymore. And there's a way to do this. I know that there's a way to do this. Where we fix what's wrong and we create these things that we've never really had. And I don't think it's rocket science and I don't think it has to take a long time. I think we can all just decide to do it. I mean, not everybody is going to join in. Some of them we don't want to join in with us. <laughs> but I think the majority of our fellow citizens are, are ready to rumble, are ready to, to get involved, to do whatever they can in their daily lives, especially between now and next November. I know I am. I was thinking about back when I was nine years old and I sat and I watched a man as he was shot and killed. I was laying on our living room floor. My mother was vacuuming and there I sat and I watched a guy named Jack Ruby put a handgun at point blank range into the stomach of a Mr. Lee Oswald. Ruby pulled the trigger and ended Oswald's life. Right then and there. Live on TV. For all to see. As my mother continued the back and forth of the vacuum on the living room carpet, I screamed, they killed him. She couldn't hear me, so I yanked the vacuum plug out of the socket, and I pointed at the TV, look! But there was nothing to see because, well, it was over. It was over in an instant. And instant replay hadn't yet been invented. Now, even though I was nine, I was very aware that I was not watching a movie. And I wasn't being entertained by a shoot 'em up piece of fiction at a Saturday afternoon matinee. I had just watched a man die. And for the next month, I had nightmare after nightmare. And the daytime was no better. The Catholics in our town 
had lost their only ever Catholic president, and the adults were so grief-stricken, knowing that, well, we were never going to have another Catholic president. And there hasn't been to this day. Everybody, I remember everybody in town, everybody at church, everybody in, in our Catholic school that December, moving at a snail's pace, heads down, no holiday cheer, no baby Jesus around to pull us out of our calamity that we were facing here and the calamities that would come in the years ahead in part because of this, this event. My parents were working class people. My dad was a factory worker. My mom was a secretary. And that December, they were worried about me. Worried that I had been affected by what I had witnessed sitting there watching TV that Sunday afternoon. So, for whatever reason, they decided that my one and only Christmas present that month would be a professional-grade 30-pound reel-to-reel tape recorder. They got it from Sears. It was a Sears Silvertone. It used magnetic recording tape. It had a square microphone. It was not portable, but it came in a case with a handle and I could, with some effort, lug it around like a small piece of luggage. Well, I loved this present. (laughs) I immediately started recording everything, everything, and soon forgot about that man on TV with the gun in his stomach and the grimace on his face as he fell dying to the floor of an underground Dallas garage. I practiced with this tape recorder. I started recording my thoughts into it. I started recording my sister's thoughts, such as they were. (laughs) My sisters had a lot of thoughts. Six weeks after I got my tape recorder, the Beatles came to America. And there they were on Ed Sullivan. My parents let us watch it. They didn't particularly care for the Beatles. They didn't like the hair. But we got to watch it, and I had my tape recorder there. And I just started recording everything. I started recording whatever was going on. And it was kind of a, a bit of a crazy time between Kennedy's assassination in November. And now the Beatles were here in February. And the next month, of course, St. Patrick's Day. For whatever reason, I decided to perform on the stage at the St. Patrick's Day event at our, at our uh, Catholic school. And I went up on the stage and I did this thing called McNamara's Band. I sang the song. I was dressed, I don't know what I was dressed as, uh, some kind of, not a leprechaun, but um, I don't know, whatever whatever I thought looked Irish. My grandparents had had an old Irish cane called a shillelagh. So I remember, there's actually home video of this. If I can find it, I'll uh, I'll, I'll post it here one of these days. Maybe I'll I'll find it by St. Patrick's Day, how about that? And you can see me as a fourth grader, literally, doing some kind of Irish dance with a cane and singing. By that point, my parents had to know that I was touched uh, in in some way that this was not going to be a normal child. And then six weeks after performing on the stage, I decide, you know what I want to do? I want to publish and edit my own newspaper. We didn't have a a school of paper. I'm only in fourth grade. 
And I decided to start this paper called Saint, the St. Saint John's Eagle. That was the name of our sports team. Our mascot was the Eagle, St. John's Catholic School. And uh, so I started the Eagle. And after only two or three issues, it was shut down by the school administration, in part because my sports reporter had been too critical of our football team, our eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade football team. And that, that was the end of my paper. And then 12 weeks after that, that summer, right there in the first week of August, just 12 weeks after my newspaper being shut down, the president of the United States, Lyndon Johnson, came on TV from the Oval Office, looked into the camera, and lied to the American people. He said that, that one of our, our ships off the coast of Vietnam in the Gulf of Tonkin the ship was called the USS Maddox, had been attacked by North Vietnamese gunboats. And that wasn't true. The whole series of events between these two or three days was essentially made up by the Pentagon, by the national security uh, operation. And Johnson got a resolution then passed in Congress to essentially begin the Vietnam War, to send eventually a half a million troops to Vietnam. An awful, awful, awful thing started by a lie. Much like the Iraq War in 2003, everybody being told there'd be weapons of mass destruction there, that Iraq had something to do with 9-11. All a lie. All the president of the United States looking straight into our eyes and telling us that this was true when it was anything but. So there was Lyndon Johnson on TV and there I was with my tape recorder in the living room holding up the little square microphone and tape recording it. I had to record everything. And I kept doing that through the rest of elementary school. I started three more newspapers between then and eighth grade. And of course, each one of them was, was shut down. I was commissioned to write the Christmas play in eighth grade. And once the parish priest <laughs> saw the, uh, the rehearsal, he shut that down. I mean, this was like one, uh, one case of being censored after another. And you're probably sensing a pattern here with me, right? right. And of course, I was trying to record all of this at the same time. Something in me thought that that, that microphone and, and putting down this audio, which is all I had. I didn't have a, a home camera, home video, or well, of course there wasn't video back then, movies. I didn't have any of that. I just had sound. I had my voice. I had my sister's voices. I had uh, my family, my grandparents. I recorded everything. I had my grandmother read poems into the microphone. I, I, I had the neighborhood kids over. We'd sit around the dining room table. We'd record. I don't know what the hell it was we were recording. Uh, you know, just w whatever it is, nine and 10 and 11 year olds talk about, get it down, hold the microphone up, get it close enough to the, so that we'll hear it. And if I was running out of tape, you could slow the speed of the tape down so that it would last just a little bit longer. The quality wouldn't be as good, but you'd, you'd get more out of the tape. But the problem with that, 
And I thought about this at the time is that what am I, I'm recording all of this, but I can't really share it with anybody. I can play it for my parents at home. I can listen to it, but who else can hear it? Nobody. What was I going to do? Go to the local radio station? Hey, hey, I'm nine years old. <laughs> play this on the radio. There was no way to reach people outside of your own small little group of family and friends. That's the way it was until the last decade or so when we could take our voices and share them with each other without having to go through the middleman. And so here we are today with this podcast. And I'm now able to talk to God knows how many of you. I mean, those of you who learned about this today from my social media, there's, well, there's almost 10 million of you who follow me on on uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the other stuff. So I have no idea as I sit here right now, how many of you are, are out there, but I know you're there. And at nine and 10 years old, I obviously I couldn't, I couldn't do that. There was no means to do that. You had to own a radio station. You had to own a TV station. Who could do that? Only the wealthy, only those with money, whether they were, uh, those in town for the local stuff or nationwide, the networks, no means to talk to each other unless it went through the filter and the approval of those who would grant any of us a show or a moment or whatever on the radio, on TV, in the paper. Not anymore. Huge mistake. If anybody in power is listening, <laughs> huge mistake to allow us to talk to each other because you know what we're going to end up doing with this. We're not just going to take pictures of our food. We're not just going to play pranks on each other. We're not going to just sit here and blow up because we can. We can do it anonymously even. This device that I'm speaking into, the device that you're listening to me through, Right now, no network executive having any say as to what I can say or what you can hear. Nobody controls you and I right now. And you know, it's not just right now. It's every day. You're already doing this with yourself. You're doing it with your friends. You're doing it with whatever community group or citizen action thing, whatever you might be involved in. Maybe you're just involved with a few people. You're doing something with this. Whatever it is, we are free. We are free to do this until we're not. At some point, they're going to have to figure out they've got to shut this thing down because too many of us have risen up and said, that's enough. That's enough. We're not going to take this anymore. And that is, that is going to be the blessing and curse of all of this, isn't it? That we will be able to organize we will be able to communicate. We will be able to run this country. We, the people, remember that? We, the people. Wow. The few people that really do run the country, who do own the country, that, this is not what they want to hear. If any of them happen to accidentally run across this podcast and are listening to it right now, well, they're not worried, to be honest. Um, the reason they're not worried is that they know that they've dumbed down the country enough 
in their minds at least, they think that they've made us all stupid enough to not figure out how to actually pull it together and take this country back and have it in our hands. They're also trusting that they put enough so-called entertainment out there and other things to numb our minds so that, that we're just in some fog constantly, confused about what's going on. So many things being told to us, some of it's real, some of it's not real. Now we can no longer tell the difference. That's just the way they like it. And I think they're convinced that no matter whatever Michael Moore is saying to them right now or anybody else, they're like, yeah, right. People are going to get up off the, off the couch and go do something. <laughs> right. That's exactly how they think. That's their bet, at least. Their bet is that it's safe to have somebody like me with a podcast encouraging people to organize and rally and nonviolently take over that which is ours. They're so convinced that's not going to happen that they can just throw back another martini right now as they're listening to this, laughing their ass off. Right, right. Yeah, that's what the people are going to do, Mike. Yeah, yeah, they're going to just rise up with you. Bring down the man. Of course, this is their fatal flaw. The fact that they don't know that, that it's already happening that too many people, especially too many young people, are already too aware of how the whole thing has been fixed, fixed against them, fixed in favor of the few, against the many, and that enough people have already figured this out and are already acting on it. They have no idea what's coming. And then it'll be too late because we will have already done our duty as citizens to be involved, to educate ourselves, to share with each other. So best that they think that, that none of this really matters. Best that they aren't aware of just how organized, in a sense, we already are. I, a lot of people have been saying to me lately, I ran into them on the street, hey, are, we, are you making a movie? What's your next movie? You can have a movie for the election year? And so, folks, here's the big news. I've turned down making the next movie this coming year. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do a TV show. I'm not going to do any of the normal things I've done because this is not a normal time. You know, to make a movie, it takes a year, sometimes two years, sometimes longer. I don't have a year or two to make a movie. Even if I got it done really fast and I had it done so it came out next October, say, before the election. That's not enough time. Making a movie or getting a series on TV right now, I feel like I'm in this spot where, and I'm sure many of you feel this way too, if you could, if you could pay the bills, what would you do for the next, you know, 11 months? You'd be doing everything you could to bring down Donald Trump, to stop things, to stop the madness. That's what you'd be doing. Some of you already are doing that. You know, during World War II, baseball players, sports stars quit. They just quit baseball and the NFL, whatever. And they went and they joined the Army or the Marines or the Air Force and the Army Air Force and, and went over there to contribute. Film directors did that. Frank Capra, John Ford stopped 
making films and offer their services to join the army and go and provide help by filming what was happening, creating a propaganda films for back home, for, you know, whatever the cause needed, that's what they were willing to do. Not stay in Hollywood and make movies and make money, but to go out there and defeat fascism. This is the, this is the sort of space we all have to be in right now. And I, for myself, um, it's not about making the next movie. It's about what can I do as a citizen and what can I do with this, both the skills that I have and also the fact that I have this audience. What can I do to help defeat Trump, but not just defeat Trump, defeat that which gave us Trump. Find some way to get rid of the system, the thing that gave us Donald J. Trump, that allowed that to even happen. What do we got to do to make sure that never happens again? We'll get rid of Trump. But what about post-Trump? How do we make sure this never happens again? I want to spend every waking moment on this. I want to do whatever I can to help the cause of riding the ship here and in trying to create the America we've never had. I want to save the America we've never had. When I think about this country, I think, well, yes, but when you say this country, have we, has it ever been what we said it was going to be, what we hoped it would be? It isn't. It isn't. As, as long as we have the income disparity that we have right now, as long as women don't have equal power, aren't allowed to make what men make. You know, you can go down the whole list of these things. The, the, the fact that parents can't raise their children in a sane way like they do in other democracies, where there's childcare provided, where you never have to worry about your health care, where, where if you want to go to college, it doesn't make you go broke. All of this, we need to fix all of this. We need to create that which we've never had. If we have that, that will do more to prevent the next Donald Trump than anything else. But making a movie, you know, look, I'm very proud of the films I've done and I'm glad that you've seen them, those of you who've seen them. But, you know, I make a film about gun violence and Bowling for Columbine. What do we have? What, what do we have today? What's going on today? Who got shot today? What mass shooting was there yesterday? What will happen tomorrow? This hasn't fixed the problem, making a movie. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not putting down the fact of making the movie. I know, I know the movies had great impact. I know it's helped to educate a, uh, a couple of generations of young people as they've come up through school and the teachers show them these movies. And I'm so grateful for that. But it's not really a victory until we fix this problem. Same thing with healthcare. Made a movie about them. And maybe we could say, well, that helped to contribute to the public support behind Obamacare, and that's great, but that's that's not the whole answer. That's not exactly what we need to really fix this problem. We're still under the yoke of capitalism, a desire to still be at war all these years later. All these things that I've tried in my films to talk about and to show people I mean, if you haven't seen them, go see them. You can. Most of them are available, I think, on Amazon or Netflix or certainly iTunes. A lot of them are 
you know, there's pirated versions of them online. You can go see those, you know, but right now, as we sit here in December of 2019, getting ready to enter a new year, a new decade, we can't let this continue. So I'm all in to, to do what I can do to stop this and to create the thing that we need. And I'm doing this. This is my work this year, this podcast rumble, but not just the podcast. This is just the first step of, of what I'm going to create online digitally, a new media so that we have a means by which to communicate with each other, to think about what's going on, to talk about it and to act, to act politically. I'll tell you more about that in the coming weeks. This is the first piece of it, to put out a weekly podcast, Rumble with Michael Moore. And I don't know. (laughs) We never know, right? But I have a really strong faith and belief that there's enough of us out there that can make this happen. So I want to do this podcast with you. I want you to be part of it. I'm going to do it for you. I will give you information. I will give you help. I'll hold your hand if you need that because we're all feeling a certain sense of despair right now. But we're all in this together. We're all in the same boat. I know what it feels like for you right now. I feel the same thing. I feel the same despair. But we can't let that run us. We can't let that be the the organizing factor of our lives. So we're going to join together. And let Rumble, let this podcast be a place where we can come together. Each week we'll do this. There may be some weeks where because of something that happens in the news or something that Trump does or whatever, we need to get on something immediately. I'm forming the emergency podcast system. And what will happen on on those days is you'll get a special alert that within the hour, I'll be posting uh, an emergency podcast to discuss what just happened, what's going on, what should we do about it, where are we coming together, what's happening in your community, where where you can find out what's happening in your town, in your neighborhood. So that's going to be the essence of this podcast. Once a week, the occasional emergency podcast when we need to have it. And I thought what I do in these first couple of weeks is try to do one, maybe, maybe every day, maybe not, but just in these first couple of weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to do an, a number of, a number of these in part because I've never done them before. So I need, I need a bit of spring training here, but also in part because the year is ending. The impeachment is happening. It looks like in the next 48 hours. And I think we need to be with each other right now. So. Look for this each day here between now and New Year's Eve. Again, some days I, I may be off recording something or whatever, but but this this is what I'm doing. This is my job. This is how I've decided to spend uh, the next year or so. I'll make my next movie. Don't worry. I promise I'm not retiring. I'm, I'm going to continue to make movies. But right now, it's all hands on deck. Right now, it's everybody off the bench. Everybody, including myself, has to be in the middle of this, in the thick of it. And 
I don't think we have any other choice. The way this uh, podcast is going to work is that uh, I'll be coming to you through this uh, microphone and sharing with you my take on things, uh, how I see what's happening uh, as, as the issues come up, as the events come up. Um, I will have a take on it that's different than the traditional media. Sometimes it'll be different than the traditional liberal way of looking at things. It might be different from the Democratic Party way of looking at things. I am the guy that told you that Trump was going to win, and he was going to win by winning Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Uh, I never wanted to be more wrong in my life than when I publicly stated that, but I was so worried that Trump was going to win, and I live in Michigan, and I'm like... Ay, yeah, yeah, this is gonna, this is just gonna be awful. And people laughed or they booed. They didn't want to hear it. There's no way people are gonna elect this clown. And um, I did what I could do. Um, I even went out and made a quick documentary, got it up on iTunes, and geez, it was seen by quite a few people. But when people say that to me about, you know, where's the election year film this year? I tell them, well, I've, I've got three election year films I've been making already, and they're already out from the last few years. You can watch any of them. They're all about this election. Where to Invade Next? Where to Invade Next is a essentially a film that shows what this country could be if we just follow the example of the Canadians or the Europeans or the Japanese, the Australians, etc. You know, they live a better life. They live a safer life, live a happier life, slightly more equal, not perfect societies at all, but um, that's what that film was about. It really, if, if anything, it was kind of uh, uh, unintentional. It, it, it is a visual show of everything that Bernie says what this country could be, and a lot of what Elizabeth Warren says, uh, is contained in that film, Where to Invade Next. Uh, in 2016, I made a film called Michael Moore and Trumpland. I went to an Ohio town that was mostly a Republican town, invited them all in one night to talk to me. I would talk to them, and I was trying to convince them that, you know, there was a way to vote for Hillary, and you don't have to, you know, if you want, if you hate Hillary, you can keep hating her, and you can also vote for her. Um, and it was, it's quite an interesting film, um, Michael Moore and Trumpland. And then, and then last year I made a film called Fahrenheit 11.9. And uh, it is one of my uh, proudest achievements, frankly. Uh, it not only distills the sense of how we got Trump, um, but it does all the other things that I think we need to be talking about. In addition to removing Trump, we have to remove that which gave us Trump, as I said earlier. So... That's what that film is. Um, Fahrenheit 11.9, 11.9 being November 9th of 2016 is when it was announced that he was the next president of the United States. If you have a chance to see this film, I know it's available just about everywhere. It's on iTunes. It's, if you have Prime, it's free. Make that your 2020 election year film from Michael Moore. It's still every bit as relevant some uh, 12 months later here. And this podcast this podcast is going to be not just me. I'll have guests. I'll do interviews. We'll have people around the table. We'll mix it up a bit. We're going to come up with some new ideas. 
Um, I'm going to not be in my little podcast studio that I built in the, the guest bedroom here of my apartment. Uh, I'll send you some pictures here eventually, but it's not bad. It's uh, certainly doesn't look like a guest bedroom anymore. Um, it's a really nice little podcast studio that uh, my friends and family built with me here. And we'll come out of here, but we'll be we'll do things outside of here. We'll do things on the street. We'll do things. Uh, we'll go uh, to where the Republicans are. We uh, will challenge them. We will defeat them. And you can be with me while we're doing this. We're going to have some fun doing this. This is, uh, you know, I don't want anybody to lose their sense of humor during the malaise. So tune in for that. If you need a few laughs, we'll give you those. But I'm also going to be talking to some very interesting people, people you may not have heard of, people I've run across, really good thinkers, people that have, that have got some really new and fresh ideas of, of how we can structure this country, how, can we, how we can be toward each other. Uh, there's going to be some fascinating conversations. I've already got a couple in the can. Uh, one of them is, uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's it's one of our our uh, greatest actors, one of the greatest actors of all time, uh, sat with me for an hour and a half uh, the other day. And we had a very interesting uh, conversation. You'll hear that probably sometime this week. I also have a conversation I just recorded with one of our great filmmakers this year, uh, who's made one of the best films of the year. And we talk about that and how this film relates to what we're all going through uh, right now. So there'll be comedians, there'll be all kinds of people. Uh, I think you're really going to love this podcast. I hope you do. Um, I want you to give me your feedback. I want to hear from you. If you have ideas, topics, questions, whatever, go to the site, rumble.media when it's up in a couple of days, or you can just, you can, you can tweet me or go on my Facebook, Instagram, you know, the Michael Moore uh, Twitter handle is MM Flint. The uh, Instagram is just Michael F. Moore. And uh, Facebook is uh, facebook.com uh, slash MM Flint. MM meaning Michael Moore and Flint being the place where I was born. You can keep abreast of everything on these sites. You can communicate with me and be part of this. The most important thing right now is for you to sign up for this podcast. So whatever platform you're on right now, hit the subscribe button. It's free. There's no charge for this. Just hit subscribe. It's free. It's yours. And then when you do listen to it, please uh, review it. Give it whatever stars you want to give it. That helps the whole, you know, the podcast algorithms here that will get this out there to as many people as possible. I heard that the other day there's like more than 700,000 podcasts worldwide. So talk about trying to rise above the noise here. This, that's a lot of noise, including my noise. So help me out if you can, simply by just reviewing it and, and rating it. Subscribe to it. Rumble with Michael Moore. Type that in, podcast. That's it. You'll find me. And I will have a weekly letter that I'll send to all of you. You'll get it in your email box each week uh, with even more thoughts about uh, what it is we all could be doing and should be doing. I'll give you, I'll give you some real things that you can do. If you have any sense right now where you say to yourself, she's well, I know I hate this whole thing, but what can I do? Stick with me here. I'll give you something to do and I'll do it with you. 
We'll do this together. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, this uh, first uh, podcast of mine. Very first time I've done this. I'm looking forward to doing it every week. Let me know what you think. Listen, we're going to make it. That much I can say. I can't make any really any other promises or guarantees. We're in, we're in the fight of our lives right now. You know it. You know it. You feel it. I feel it. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to win. And we're not going to create a better world. I've always believed this, that that there's more good in this world than, than not. And that, that most people know the difference. Most people have a conscience. Yes, there are many that we're never going to be able to, to bring along. But we'll be good to them. We'll be kind to them. And when we finally have universal, true universal health care for everybody, we'll have it for them too. And we'll make sure their kids, if they want to go to college, don't have to go into debt for the rest of their lives. We'll do it for them. We'll do it for everybody. doesn't matter what your political stripe is. We're going to create a better country. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for being with me, those of you, all these years, with all my work. It means so much to me. I'm excited about doing this, and I'll see you soon. In fact, perhaps even tomorrow. This is Michael Moore signing off. Rumble with Michael Moore.